Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, celebrating a warm Friday morning. So, college baseball's national championship stage has been set. Who's going to be there? Oklahoma and Ole Miss. Yeah, it's unfortunate. They shut out Arkansas yesterday. Two to nothing was the final score. Arkansas, I watched the game. Arkansas didn't appear to have a lot of life. They may have left it on the field in that very close 3-2 win over Ole Miss the night before. But, hey, that's baseball. Those things happen. I thought Arkansas had a great year this year and, and, and a very good team. But so does Ole Miss. The Rebels are pretty good. It'll be a nice little series. Uh, Oklahoma Ole Miss, they begin tomorrow afternoon. I beg your pardon, tomorrow evening in, in Omaha. Play Sunday afternoon. Then if the third game is necessary, they'll play again Monday evening in Omaha. But this is the national championship. They are the final two teams in the country after a, a long season of baseball. Well, uh, it's still local representation with Oklahoma being in there for the most part. So definitely going to be cool to see if they can get that championship. All right. You know, we give you a lot of hell sometimes when you're wrong, but – Sometimes you're right. And yesterday when I asked you who you thought the Magic was going to pick number one, it was exactly what you thought. Yeah, and it really kind of went against the green a little bit by the NBA expert. This is Paolo Banchero, who gets the number one pick. He was selected by the Orlando Magic. He has a lot of upside about him. He's six foot ten, high scorer, only played the one year at Duke coming out of high school in Seattle. But the one year allowed him and the NBA to think, oh, this guy is ready. He can score very well. He's a good outside shooter. 6'10", that's not small. And when you have that kind of height, you can you can really augment your game either inside or out. And he's he's just a very, very good player. See so, also Kevin Durant. <laughs> I don't No, I wouldn't put him in that category. But Banchero can play. He's an Italian citizen, but he was raised in the United States. And his mom was an All-America basketball player at Washington, University of Washington. His dad played sports at Washington. So the kid has a lot of athletic background behind him. He'll be a good choice for the Orlando Magic. Is he a franchise player? Well, that remains to be seen. We'll see what his career is. Second player chosen is very interesting. It's Chet Holmgren out of Gonzaga. He's the 7-foot kid, 7-foot, 198 pounds. He is very thin, obviously. Now, he's naturally thin. It's not like he's dieting or losing weight. He's just very thin. What a great player he is. Very agile. Seven-footer. Now, he is a Kevin Durant-type player. He can do a lot of things, but he needs to put on more weight. Because if he plays the post, and he was taken by the Oklahoma City Thunder, he plays the post. Those big guys are going to push him. Oh, they're going to knock him all over the place because he is extremely thin. It's it's not, not a secret. A third player pick was Jabari Smith out of Auburn, and he was taken by the Houston Rockets, and then it went so forth down the line. There were 58 players taken. Normally it's 60. There were 58 players. Miami and Milwaukee both had their second-round draft choices taken away because of penalties. Now the local fans are saying, what about Amina Muhammad out of Springfield Greenwood? He declared for the draft. He did indeed. He had the one year at Georgetown. Last year, Georgetown went un victorious in the Big East Conference, 0-19. Wow. I think they had six wins altogether. Pretty good player, averaged 13 points. He declared for the draft, didn't get drafted. Okay, what does that mean? Well, in the case of Aminu Muhammad, he can't go back to college. He's declared himself a professional, so he's out. College is not even within the mindset. Now he can't. It's against the rules. He has signed as a 
what, I think they call it a chapter 10 or something like that, whatever it is, with the Philadelphia 76ers. What does that mean? I must admit to you, I don't know. But what it does indicate for him is that he'll play in the Sixers Summer League, which is kind of a, oh, a, a rookie camp, so to speak, to see what he can do and improve some of his skills, and then probably go to the D-League. That's the developmental league that the NBA has. I know it's a disappointment to him, of course, disappointment to everybody. But he made that choice, probably, you know, in retrospect, should have stayed in college for a Gamble. second year, but yeah, you yeah. never know. Never know what's going to happen. Anyway, uh, Amina Muhammad, not drafted, did sign as a free agent with the 76ers. Interesting. All right, so we've got the Stanley Cup Finals returning to Colorado tonight. The Avalanche lead 3-1. to um, they could put it to bed tonight. One more win, it's done. Um, but before we talk about that, do you think that overtime goal a couple nights ago should have been allowed? Oh, absolutely. It should have been allowed. Yeah, Tampa Bay made a very mild, tepid protest against it. But oh no, that was a perfectly good goal. And it's a guy who is <laughs> probably public enemy number one in St. Louis. Uh, Nazim Kadri, he's the one who had the collision with Jordan Bennington mm-hmm. and knocked him out. Anyway, Kadri had been out himself with a thumb injury. And this was his first game back, skating down the ice in the overtime. He flipped a backhanded shot that deflected off the goalie and went into the back of the net, and it lodged in a bar. Not the bar that I lodged in, but... (laughs) Not the one we find. We have to dislodge you from every week. (laughs) This is a metal bar over the back of the net that held the net in place. Somehow, someway, it lodged in there. But, oh, yes, it was a perfectly good goal. It was underneath the net. Of course, it went in. And that was a very big win in overtime for the Colorado Avalanche. Win tonight, it's all over. So, both Cardinals teams played yesterday. Did they get dubs? No, the big Cardinals did not. Fell 6-4 to the Milwaukee Brewers, had chances to win, and and didn't do But that's baseball, Mike. That's going to happen. Those teams end this four-game series just as they started, a split. Two wins uh, for each team, and they end the series in a dead tie. Now, it's still so early in the season, and the Cardinals and the Brewers will be playing again, obviously. They're in the same division. They are now tied for the lead, and they are without question the two top teams in that division. Otherwise, you've got Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and the Cubs, and they are light years, light years back of the Brewers and Cardinals. So Brewers and Cardinals will fight it out. One will win the championship, and the other had better have a pretty good record because the wild card situation, I think they'll be in the wild card, but it may not be in a top position. So we'll have to wait and see, but still... Tied. Cardinals are home this weekend. They take on the Cubs up at Bush Stadium. Always a blast to see that uh, this time of the year. Now, the Springfield Cardinals did get a big win. Playing down in Springdale, Arkansas, got an 11-2 win over the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. And it's a nice little win. That team now finishes up. They play this weekend in Springdale, then come home for a series with the Wichita Wind Surge, and that'll be next week. All right, speaking of uh, tournaments, Got the Travelers happening first round was yesterday, right? Yeah, and Rory McIlroy had a great round. And the PGA has to love this because McIlroy is uh, really a, a great proponent of that in a very divisive He's kind of time. been their champion, if you he want has. to call it something. Shot a 62 at Cromwell, Connecticut. And that, that's big. Travelers is a pretty good tournament. Uh, the uh, Live Tour, which is the big rival, goes out to Portland, Oregon next weekend and plays at Pumpkin Ridge out there. But there's an awful lot of debate going on as to the pros who are going over to that Live Tour and what's going to happen. And 
This is a very divisive time for the PGA and for pro golf in particular. And then looming on the horizon is the British Open and the British Open, which is run by the Royal and Saint, uh, Royal and Ancient, I should say, in Great Britain, is going to allow the live players to play. They said, hey, look, if the U.S. Open did it, then, then we should too. But from there on in, we'll have to see what happens. They'll make a decision each year. Have you ever seen this much drama in golf no, before? never. Never. Your whole life, I was this like, is, we were taking naps a couple years ago. Now it's like watching uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, man. Well, other than the competition, you know, when Tiger was in and yeah. Payne Stewart from here in Springfield was in, uh, they, hey, they were riveting times. That was the game. Yep. This is organizations, and no, I don't remember anything like this ever happening. Crazy stuff. All right, uh, we're going to look into history books. But before I ask you this question, what was the longest tennis match that you've ever played? Well, uh, that I've ever played? That you've ever played. 25 minutes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But this one, this one resonates very clearly because it was the longest tennis match in the history of the sport. I was over at KY3 uh, in my waning years over there, 2010. It was 12 years ago today. And today is an extension of when the tournament started. This was the first round at Wimbledon in 2010. And Big John Isner uh, and big he is. He played for Springfield Lasers. I've interviewed him. He is every bit of six foot ten. Every bit of that and maybe more. Great guy. Tremendous individual. Wonderful interview. Played Nicolas Mahoub from France. First round. Okay, they went on. Got through four sets. Got to the fifth set. Now you're saying, wait a minute. Okay, what about a tiebreaker? There are tiebreakers for the first four sets, but not in number five, not at Wimbledon. You've got to play it out and win it by two sets and play it out, my goodness sake. The entire match took over three days to play. <clears throat> 183 games, and the time was 11 hours and five minutes. Now, that doesn't mean they were playing consecutively at that time. I had to divide it up and give the courts to other individuals who were scheduled there. But over and above that, 11 hours and five minutes, and finally, in game number 183, Isner won it. And at the end, he said, this stinks. We should have both won. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, I wonder if they still go out and have drinks together after all this time. I think time. they're probably buddies yeah. on the tour. But Isner's in his waning days on the tour. And I'm not even sure Mahoud plays anymore. Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. So 25 minutes for you, though. Maybe 26. All right, well, <laughs> we need to work on that. You got all weekend to do it, Ned. I'll see you on Monday.